Hola, Americanos. You have found it. It is another wackadoodle edition of the Loftus Party. We got a great show. Tons to discuss. Very a lot of pop culture this week. A lot of politics. Politics. I'm a lot. Suddenly, I came from the South. We got some pop culture. We got some politics. We got uh, we got the Liberty Gypsy uh, joining us. From somewhere and hey, are you the fires are out, right? Those fires that you kept complaining about down in Liberty Gypsy country. Well, we finally got rain, which we hadn't had in months. So that's improving the fires. But no, some of them are still burning. Whoa, go ahead and put those out. We need to stop that. <laughs> Andrew, we also have Andrew Apple here, the the man with no nickname. And, and you know, what? I, I'm OK with that. Andrew Apple has a perfectly good name. If you want to call me something, that's the way to go. AA, we could call you AA. You could develop a substance abuse problem. <laughs> that would be like ironic and sad, though. <laughs> I'm not good when I'm on narcotics. I'm not good when I'm on alcohol. Really? What, doing this job? No. Oh, oh, I'm just saying, like in life in general. Oh, I didn't, I... life in general. I, I, I will drink a good whiskey with the best of them. You know that. But no, when, yes. when, I, when I'm here and I'm, I'm straight laced, ready to go. Clear-eyed, full heart, can't lose. I'm going to save the whiskey for after the show. <laughs> I, I like it. There's a time and a place for everything. There's a time and a place for everything. Okay, we're just going to jump right into it. Um, bop, bada, bop, bop. The Jill Stein recount. It looks like that thing's dead in its tracks. Oh, yeah, but she got some money for the Green Party coffers now, didn't she? Well, isn't I mean, that, does she have yeah, to give that's... it back, or does she get to keep no. it? No. No, she was very, we talked about it last week. It said on her website, like, some of this money might have to find its way into uh, my purse. So I think that's that's what you're looking at. She raised $7 wow. million, but the state of Pennsylvania was like, hey, lady, this is going to cost you a million bucks. And she's like, I don't got that kind of money. <laughs> she had that kind of money. That's just not what she wanted to spend it on. Exactly. I think wow. it's delicious. I think it's delicious. And yeah. it's and it's smart. I have to. I doff my cap to the former hottie, Miss Jill Stein. She made hay while the sun shine. Everybody's talking. Everybody's talking. She raises seven million bucks, and now the Green Party's going to have. They can afford some pamphlets now. The, the <laughs> Libertarians aren't doing it. No, no, they're not. They've been very quiet since the election. Very quiet. That is the big problem. We need to fire those guys up like Jill Stein got fired up. She's everywhere right now. I know. So I guess I guess that's it. Me. So there. So is that it for the recount? I think the whole idea is done and over. Yes, I know. I saw was it the Michigan Attorney General was filing a lawsuit to stop it, so she would have had legal fees to fight to get it. Um, a lot of the states were not thrilled about having to go through this process. So I think she realized she was angering a lot of people and going to have a lot more expenses than she actually did raise money for aside from the million dollars in Pennsylvania. It's great, though, because she can just wrap herself up in the American flag every time she goes on TV and just, I just love democracy. I just love America. I just think everybody's vote is sacred and it should be wonderful and awesome. Yeah, I don't know. You can't stay mad at it. Now, you say you're Kinda afraid of Kind of strange coming from a communist, though. Is she a straight-up communist? Pretty much, yeah. Aye, aye, aye. Yeah, she she mourned Fidel Castro's death. She oh yeah, she did say some, yeah. some idiotic things about Castro. Totally. 
she did say, what do you think about the Jill Stein action there, Andrew Apple? I think the exact same thing I thought last week. If Jill Stein actually wanted to make a difference in this world from a political standpoint, she would have run for a different office before she tried to run for president. She would have tried to be a governor or a senator or a state senator. The truth of the matter is, I would have been better off giving my vote to Roseanne Barr for the Green Party than giving my vote to Jill Stein. See, I like her ambition. I like the ambition. I think she's a she makes things happen. She ran for president knowing that she was going to lose. But like, let's get let's start. Let's get the name out there. Now we need some money. Let's do this recount madness and raise two million. Ooh, we could raise three million. Oh, my Lord, we could raise seven million. So now they got a little money in their wallet. They can uh, get their name out there. They can buy some ads. They can get a little they can get a staff going. They can improve their website. Boom! She's going right out of the gates. She's an ambitious young lady. Think she's going to run again in 2020? Yes. <laughs> Andrew. <laughs> she's already she's got money for t-shirts now. It's going to yeah, it's going Yeah. However, it was weird. I, I was seeing people on my on the timeline of the the Flipside Loftus getting a little worried about the recount action. They start starting to be some nervous Nellies going, "Hey, there's something to this. There's something to this. Hang on to your hats." And I hate that that paranoia. And you're like, "Why am I being paranoid?" And then you see people being paranoid, and then maybe there's something to be paranoid about. That groupthink. You got to stay away from the groupthink, you guys. Yeah, definitely stay away from the group thing. I, I was more amused by the people who thought she was doing it on behalf of Hillary Clinton and the money was going to the Clinton Foundation. Oh, I always I always <laughs> that was like that. another big conspiracy theory. I'm like, that's not how any of this works, kids. That's just not how any of it works. Boy, I'm tired of that one. That's that's the new one on the on the Twitter that everybody everybody's like ripping off that commercial. That's not how this works. That's not how any of this works. There's a thing in situation comedies. There's these jokes. They're called clams. And that you're not you're not supposed to do them because they've been done to death. Right. Uh, a good example of a clam is someone's talking about how much they hate their boss. That guy's a, an arrogant, self-centered jerk. And if I saw him right now, I did da, da, da. And then the person they're talking to gets this look of fear on their face because the boss is right behind the guy who's talking all this smack. And then the guy who's talking realizes something's gone horribly wrong. And he says he's right behind me, isn't he? And it's funny Every single time you see it. However, you've seen it a million times. So you're supposed to stay away from that because it's a clam. Another one is you hear a siren in the distance and someone says, there's my ride. That's a clam. On Laverne and Shirley, uh, there's a hello joke. Like, who would be stupid enough to do that? And then Lenny and Squiggy would come in. Hello, Laverne. You know, who would be dumb enough to? And then the person enters to comedic results. So those are called clams. And, and you, on Twitter, you can see these clams just evolving. And that's not how this works. That's not how any of this works. Is the, the, it's the birth of a clam. The birth of a clam. We now have clams on Twitter. <laughs> we do. We have clams on Twitter. So are, are, are we going to completely ignore the fact that we, we have a blooper reel on our YouTube page where we have you hearing a siren and then saying, that's my ride? No, no, leave that on. Leave that on. That's now that now that joke takes on a very special meaning because it's a clam. Yeah, and it's a totally appropriate blooper. It didn't. <laughs> a to, isn't a blooper by definition inappropriate? Well, it's a mistake, something that you didn't intend to go out to the general public. <laughs> But any of my buddies, all my all my sitcom writer buddies, if they ever watch the flip side blooper reel, they'll go, ah, lofty to the clam. 
And that'll be great. That'll be wonderful. Okay. The the next thing I want to talk about now that we've discussed clams in situation comedies is and on Twitter is the uh, Ohio State terror attack, which I guess is yeah. not going to be considered a terror attack. What are we talking about here? Well, I, does it go back to the, the Fort Hood where we're going to call it workplace violence? Apparently, from everything I read, this young gentleman before he pledged allegiance to ISIS. Um, was extremely distraught over the election of Donald Trump and devastated by the death of Fidel Castro. And so he felt he had to run around the Ohio State campus and attempt to murder people. Um, But they did find he had pledged allegiance to one of the Islamic leaders for the Islamic State. I I guess I would be hard-pressed not to call it a terrorist attack. I'm telling you. And then here's the funny thing. There's always something funny. There's always something funny. I guess a couple weeks before he went on this little terror spree, he was interviewed by the the Lantern, which is the Ohio State University newspaper. This big interview he gave where he's like, I'm sick and tired of people calling Muslims uh, uh, terrorists. And we're not. We're good people. We're not all terrorists. Smash cut to two weeks later. Who would be who would be angry enough to go on a terror attack? Hello. And then he did it. Another clam. See how I did that, you guys? Wasn't that wonderful? Isn't that then called a callback? That would be a callback. Absolutely. See, I'm learning. I called back. I called back a clam. <laughs> well, and the other person who took an amazing amount of uh, amazing amount of feedback, we'll call it, for that was, I guess, the director of Residence Life put some big old posts on Facebook that said, "We can't be mad at this person. We have to understand distraught individuals." Blah 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 blah. I'm like, no, we don't. No, we don't. I swear, that one was horrifying. That was Absolutely. not for the person's opinion. You can have that opinion, blah, blah, blah. However, the little thing on do not repost this. Like, we're going to keep this secret. And, <laughs> yep. and then, like, just the straight up denial. Just l- l- like wanting to live in an alternate reality where this is just a misguided individual, right? Who mows people down with his car, jumps out, starts hacking at people with a machete or a long knife or whatever, and then. God bless that cop. God bless that cop. He looked like he was eight years old, that little Ohio State police officer. Boom, boom, boom. And I tell you, that is the best. That is the definition of gun save lives right there. Yep. Good guy with a gun right there. Yep. Good guy with a gun. Bang, bang, bang. Don't worry. We're all going to live. You know, my buddy, my buddy Bill Foley was the victim of the other machete Mm -hmm. attack in Columbus, Ohio. What is that about? It's Columbus, What is that Ohio. about? It's, just, there's, a, there's a bunch of uh, Somalis uh, that live there that were resettled uh, there. Yeah. And it's, it's uh, listen, the, the vast majority of them, wonderful law-abiding people, mm-hmm. wonderful people who are, are just digging their chance to be in America, and they're fantastic. However, uh, you got some bad apples, and uh, you, you got to watch out for your bad apples there. So God bless that cop. What was that cop's name? I can't even remember. Alan Horuchku. I probably just butchered the pronunciation of his name. I don't think he's worried about it. I think he's okay. That kid's been very quiet. Has he done any media appearances? You'd think he'd be all over Fox and Friends or something. I haven't seen him anywhere, but I mean, for a young police officer being put in that position, if you if you know a lot of police officers, the use of deadly force isn't something most of them um, ever think they're going to have to do. They're prepared to do it, but sometimes afterwards, you just don't want to talk about it. 
Yeah. Well, good for that kid. He's a hero in my yes, book. He is. He's a hero. And the person who wrote that, do not post this. This is just a misguided person, and we're going to keep this little secret between us. That is not a hero. That is a villain, I would say. You can have your opinion, but you are a villain. Hey, speaking of hard-to-pronounce names, dig this segue. We got Trump trying to get this Stephen Munchkin who, here's what we're going to need. We're going to need the correct pronunciation on his name. Every time people talk about this guy, they pronounce his name a different way. Manunchkin, Maninchkin, Stephen Manunchkin. I know, Andrew, you're worried about this guy. So so this is the difficulty, and this was one of my concerns with Trump initially. It's I tend to judge people on their history. And the fact of the matter is, this is a guy who made all of his money off of the housing crisis, the housing crash back in 2008. And he saw it coming, and instead of doing something about it, instead of standing up and saying, hey, guys, we, we got to stop this predatory lending and all of this, he just sort of sat back and let it crash and made a bunch of money off of it. And so now that he's actually going to be the Treasury Secretary, what a lot of people are saying is, oh, he saw it coming, he, he knew it was going to happen, so now that he's working for us... It's good. How do you know he didn't try to do anything about it? Well, may, well, if he did, he failed. Yeah. Well, a lot well, of obviously, people failed. Let's be failed. honest. <laughs> I mean, you know, I guess my my whole thing is this: if you have people um, at this point who have experience in global finance, in understanding the global economy, and understanding the different levers that get pulled, I, I don't really have problem with those people in positions of power over our monetary system. I know there's this big, ooh, Goldman Sachs is a globalist boogeyman kind of thing. Well, our economy is global, and that's probably not going to change. You know, the way it affects the United States may change, but it's not like the global economy is going to go away. We need people who understand it. So we sh- we should uh, clarify, according to the internet, which is never wrong, his name is pronounced Manuchkin. Manuchkin. Yes. Boy, I tell you, that's a tough one. He might want to rethink the spelling on that. If this is Ellis Island in 1919, your new name is Munchkin. I'm sorry. <laughs> Stephen Munchkin. I think that's he's just been dubbed that by me. Yeah, because you're not going to get any ribbing for that. No. And when I meet him someday, when I meet him at CPAC, he'll go, are you the guy with the podcast that calls me Stephen Munchkin? Because I'm sure he's never heard that anymore. He's going to go, dude, that's a clam. Boy, he can, he must have been teased mercilessly when he was a kid. You would think. Hey, come here, Stephen Munchkin. So you judge people on their history, Andrew. Yes. And you were going to vote for Hillary Clinton? <laughs> Begrudgingly, yes. And and, and again, you, you, you've said this on this podcast. You know, we are on record. You know, and you can go back. It's like I, I did not take any great pleasure. I was not a bro for Hillary. It's just I, between yeah. the two, I saw her as the lesser of two evils. And and that's all we need to be doing as an American people a lot of times, because ultimately, and, and this came out this week, is the people who did not vote for Hillary Clinton. The, the Jill Stein vote in Pennsylvania and I think Michigan. Yeah. Yeah. Was Jill bigger. Stein was bigger than by what Hillary lost by. No, and, and again, you just proved my point. It's the people who, who couldn't hold their nose and just recognize that, as we've said, it was either going to be Hillary Clinton or Donald Trump. So when they voted for Jill Stein, they were essentially giving that vote to Trump. That's why I doff my cap to Jill Stein. She is wasting no time. And I've said it on this podcast a, a couple of times. 
I will help the libertarians out. I don't know who to reach out to. I don't know how to help. I think there should be more than two parties. I don't think it should be the lesser of two evils. I think it should be like, here's the best person for the job. Let's fire it up. Let's go. Uh, Oh, I can't wait to get to CPAC. I can't wait to get to CPAC and talk to these people about this very thing. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah, I would love more choice. I would love a map with four colors. I think that would be great. I, this is this is very uh, interesting, but like there's the big hullabaloo about, you know, Donald Trump and he's got these interests in these companies and all over the globe. And it's impossible for him to divest himself. And so he should just sell all of his companies or get rid of them and blah, blah, blah. That sets a super dangerous precedent. Well, we're, no, we're, in, yeah. we're in quite it's a, it's a catch 22 here. If you want the best people to run your company, chances are those people have had some success in the private sector. So now you're supposed to just uh, flush all that down the toilet so you can run America for four years? Who's going to want that gig? Nobody. We're going to have more idiots in charge. I think the difference is he is the president and CEO of a private company, whereas you've had people like my senator, David Perdue. He worked for a publicly traded company. He was an employee, um, which is a little different because once he left the company, he no longer has a a vested personal stake in the operations of that business. But Donald Trump Trump did come out. He's supposed to give a press conference. He has talked to attorneys about how to separate his presidential duties from his business, and he's going to give a press conference about it. Everything is supposedly in process of being drawn up. I think he heard enough about it that he started to think, okay, this really could impuge my credibility. So let's make it the best we can make it. You know, he, he doesn't have to do that, right? Well, no, oh, he, well, I he, know he doesn't have to. He, do that, he but does, he, but he doesn't. I, I No, he doesn't. No, he, he absolutely doesn't. We, we still he's have the emoluments clause. We still have the emoluments clause. He's not allowed to take gifts. Well, no, no, no. What that says, the emoluments clause says he cannot use the office to further himself personally. That's what the emoluments clause says. So if he does anything that can be seen as helping his business by using his seat in the Oval Office, that's going to get him in trouble. Well, and it doesn't even have to be so blatant as he does something. So he had a call with the president of Argentina and the president of Argentina feels good about the call and says, take care of Mr. Trump's permit. It looks bad. You don't want that stuff dogging you. He's not selling his companies. He is just going to set up an operations um, structure that he is not personally involved so that those kinds of things can't reflect back on him. I think it's smart. I think it's a good idea. Regardless of how he does it, it presents the problem. And I, I can totally identify with the problem and see how it looks bad and blah, 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 blah. However, it's we're very i think fortunate to be tackling this right now so we can streamline this process for other successful people from the private sector to go okay well now now maybe i will run for president or maybe i will run for public office because we've figured out this this big problem well that's the we're we're in completely uncharted territory right now like depending on how the next 4 years go depends on how many people from the private sector are going to decide they want to be president like, I, I, I don't know necessarily that after seeing what Donald Trump has to go through that the Mark Cubans of the world are going to say, uh, you know what, that's for me. Well, hopefully we'll figure that out. Hey, what about that call to Taiwan, the Taiwan president lady who called uh, Donald Trump? How awesome was that? I think it's totally awesome. I think as the United States of America, we should absolutely, absolutely, absolutely support a democracy in the shadow of China. Awesome. 
yeah, I don't see the downside. People are like losing their minds. They're losing their minds over it. And I'm like, and it's too funny. It's like nobody puts baby in a corner. It's like nobody tells the president of the United States who he can and cannot talk to. Are you out of are are you have you are you off your nut? And I didn't well, know that I mean, was a chick was president like, over there. How awesome is Taiwan? They got a girl president. Really awesome. But I mean, they're all, oh, oh, he's going to make China mad. If you listen to him at all during the campaign, you knew he's going to make China mad. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> like, right. Like, a we, future, not a bug. Did, <laughs> so, we, did we think that wasn't going to happen? I mean, think, yeah. Okay. China. China. Duh. I mean, oh, my God. Oh, my God. China's going to be so mad. They were supposed to get the call first. Yeah. And they did. <laughs> I think it's great. Yeah. I, I'm I'm all I'm all behind it. So I'm looking at the loftusparty.com the other day, and surprisingly, I find that we're we're are we supporting the Kellogg's boycott? No, no. Oh, it looks like to, uh, uh, I'm looking at the headline from the Daily Dose, and it's like boycott Kellogg's, and I'm like, oh, I guess I guess we're boycotting Kellogg's. Well, now. no, you have to no, take no, time no, no, to no. read the article because it was actually a very very nicely written piece by Stacy. Could you please remind me who wrote it? Uh, Judy Sheeks. Thank you, Judy. You wrote a wonderful article where it talks about the fact that it's actually very short sighted to boycott Kellogg's because honestly most people have Kellogg's in their portfolio even if they don't know it if you're invested in a 401k a lot of those 401ks have Kellogg in that portfolio so if Kellogg goes down so does your retirement no it was more it was more commentary cuz cuz here's the deal right so companies move around advertisements through their advertisers all the time say no i don't want to be here i don't want to be there kellogg's big mistake was announcing it like they were going to get a lot of applause for it this goes back to my whole thing politics isn't everything i don't need politics in my pop tarts so what did kellogg's do why are people why why are there a bunch of people who are saying yes boycott kellogg's Kellogg's met with their advertising company because most big companies place ads through a third party, right? Uh-huh. And said, oh, we're in Breitbart. Not particularly a fan of what's coming out of there right now. Take us out of Breitbart. Okay. Now, this all could have been very quiet, right? Companies yes. do this all the time. <laughs> Instead, they decide to make a statement. <laughs> so now Breitbart and its readers and people who support them are saying boycott Kellogg's. I, there's too many things to boycott. I honestly can't keep track. Oh, there's a giant list. There's a there's giant, a giant list. list and I can't keep track. And I'm sorry, you know, they took their ads out of your paper. But, uh, you know, if I want a Pop-Tart, I'm going to eat one. Here's the well, it's like it's like the Donald Trump thing. Hey, you got to sell your businesses if you want to be a president. Uh, companies, they do this all the time. They're like, "Ooh, there's this looks bad for us. So let's not put our money in with them. And then the poor schmuck who runs the website or the business is like, I don't understand. I don't understand. And then they just get the high hat like they're from Venice or from New York or, or, or Paris. And they never really they suspect it, but they never really know why. At least Kellogg's put their their name on it. They're like, we don't want to be associated with Breitbart. So if you are a far right winger and you love your Breitbart, then by the Lord in heaven, don't buy Kellogg's. I'm not going to boycott them just because I'm lazy and I'll forget. Like I'll, I'll intend to do it. However, I'll be like, Ooh, Raisin Bran, that's a good price. And then I'll accidentally buy it. So, uh, I wish I, just... I could say I supported it, but, uh, in theory, I kind of do. 
eh, you know, I, I, I'm just kind of tired of it. You know, I got tired of it back when uh, the far left decided Phil Robertson should get kicked off his television show. I get really tired of entertainment companies and other places that cave to these like fringe sort of things going on when there's a whole lot of people that are just like relax. Everything's yeah. going to be fine. I mean, and if you read these guys wrote a great book called Freakonomics. I'm not sure if you've ever read it. They wrote a couple of them based on yeah. statistics, but they make it fun. Um, boycotts don't work. They really don't. <laughs> Phil Robertson is back on his show. I mean, you know, it's a lot of outrage machine for essentially no results. So I just kind of ignore them. Mm, I think boycotts do work for a while. It depends. It depends on the level. Like, Phil Robertson is back, but, like, who's that southern cooking lady who admitted to saying the N-word a couple times? Paula Dean. Yeah, she, she's gone. Well, I think what you're making a commentary on is the fact that boycotts work in theory, but in general, people cave. They, they don't have the wherewithal to stick with it long enough and actually go through the hardship that comes with not using the product or not getting a paycheck. It's it's kind of like a strike. You know, strikes I remember, usually end. I remember a, a, yeah, a little boycott that gave us a country. I remember when we boycotted English tea and their tax on tea. Woo-woo! Yes. America! And, and people were willing to die for that, and that's how we ultimately became an independent country. I, I don't think Yay. people are going to... I don't think people are going to die uh, because Breitbart doesn't want them to buy their Pop-Tarts. You know, I'm, I'm just over it. I think the the whole everything's got to be political. I honestly think the guy from Kellogg's, the CEO of, of Grubhub, the CEO of Pepsi, they're some of the dumbest people alive. The worst thing you can do is politicize your business. The country is split relatively 50-50. Just do what you're going to do and shut up. Yeah, that's listen. Everybody can vote everybody's allowed to vote you don't have to you don't have to get involved if you don't want to if you don't want to just run your business make your uh make your kellogg cereal make your pop tarts do all that stuff make your pepsi i'm not gonna drink pepsi just because i you know i'm a coke guy i'm a i'm a coke man so in and more entertaining news in way more entertaining news uh sarah palin She's back on the she's back in the national spotlight. I guess is she up for a gig in the Trump administration? I heard whispers about a couple of different positions, but I haven't heard anything that she's actually under consideration for. Wasn't it the VA? Well, I heard whispers about the VA. I've heard whispers about Department of Interior um, and maybe Department of Energy. Yeah, but didn't yeah. she crash and burn that all this week when she came out against the carrier deal? I don't, I don't think know. I don't think that ended anything because it's not too hard to put to connect those dots to see where like yikes that's a very good point. Are you going to bully every uh, company into sustaining? And is every company go hey listen we need uh, we need some tax breaks. You give us enough uh, tax incentives and it's yeah it's not. It's not a far trip down the crony capitalistic road well, to go where Sarah Palin went. And and I, I agree with you wholeheartedly, but the commentary that you hear coming out of Washington is that Washington is not particularly concerned with having scandals. They're much more concerned with the appearance of having any sort of scandal. And this carrier deal seems more and more like it has the appearance 
of creating multiple scandals down the road because now there are already rumblings of Ford coming in and saying, hey, guys, you know, uh, we uh, might have to move some jobs to Mexico unless you uh, pony up some tax dollars and government contracts for us. Well, I don't think it's going to be it doesn't take me a long time to connect the dots to see how companies could do that. However, the next dot on that connect the dots little game piece is the dot where Donald Trump and his boys go, listen, we ain't playing that game. We're not going to play this game where everybody comes in here asking for special treatment. I, I was talking about it on the campaign trail. I wrapped myself up in the flag. I helped out Carrier. You guys are getting your tax breaks. They're coming. Like, let me put my hand on the Bible and get sworn in, but everybody's going to get their tax breaks. So just hold your pants up. Okay. Well, he's already going after another company in Indiana. I think it's called Rexford, Mm -hmm. um, who had announced they were moving. My whole thing is just simply this. Um, It ends up like the one deal in Indiana with Carrier is probably not going to affect the overall state budget. What ends up happening is if you're like Illinois and do it over and over and over and over again, it does affect taxpayers. I'm all for tax incentives for new business. So if the Loftus party was going to be a huge conglomerate and go into the state of Indiana, was looking at Indiana to settle and the state of Indiana comes, well, for the first five years, we'll give you this little break. Your new business, new employees, new money. That That's actually a really conservative and good way to build an economy. Doing it for a company that as soon as those tax credits expire is going to move anyway, I just don't see why, <laughs> honestly. You're doing it because you were there and you were talking about it when you were running for president. And so when the opportunity presents itself, you make some things happen. You have to think Mike Pence had the inside track on that. I mean, that's his backyard. That's his stomping grounds. So uh, I don't think it's going to happen Every morning. I don't think we're going to wake up uh, every morning where, ooh, Donald Trump gave tax incentives to these guys, where there's just going to be like like a line out the door of corporate CEOs going, oh, give me mine, Donald Trump. I'm ready for mine. Oh, my. Oh, my. Apparently, George Takai runs every company in America. He thinks he does. That old queen is on Twitter more than Jack. Jack, the guy from Twitter who just randomly bans people. Did you see he got suspended by accident? Yeah. That was pretty funny. (laughs) I think that was a, uh, I think that was an on purpose. You think? Yeah. 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 I think that was so you can say, look, my, these, these accidents happen. My, look, my account got suspended. Why, why would I do that to myself? Yeah. I smell a rat on that one. (laughs) I smell a rat on that one. That terrifies me. And the fake, the whole fake news thing isn't going away. I'm ready for that thing to go away. Like CBS talking about fake news. Good Lord in heaven. MSNBC talking about fake news. What the what? Enough with the agendas. I'm so bored with the agendas. That's what, that's the whole idea. That's the whole idea behind the Flipside TV show and the loftusparty.com and, and this. Now, granted, I have, I guess it is an opinion piece. Uh, because I have my opinions on the way things should work, and and blah. the whole thing is really like a giant Michaeltopia. However, like no one, like I'll call out whoever's lying. I got no problem calling out whoever's lying. It's just sad when a little independent comedy show is more fact based than the news. Well, and I mean, I think there's a, a part of the problem that the mainstream media is having with their credibility is that they don't do that. I mean, it is extremely obvious at this point that they don't call out Democrats to a large degree. And no politician and nobody in office is going to do everything you want them to do, or nor are you going to like everything they do 
or and and sometimes they're going to do something that doesn't benefit you know people etc and if you can't get some honest assessment of that uh, it, it really hurts people's ability to be citizens. Did you, you guys, do you guys know that Al Sharpton still has a show on MSNBC? Ugh. Like, can you believe that? He's not as bad as Joy Reid. No, Joy Reid is worse. Joy Reid is worse <laughs> than Al <laughs> Sharpton. Because with Al Sharpton, you just see him and you're like, oh yeah, there's that guy that is uh, personally responsible for inciting violence and have, you know, people have died because of stuff that he said. Innocent people have died because of stuff Al Sharpton said. He's anti-Semitic. He's just, just not the best human being on the planet. But Joy Reid looks kind, she looks kind of legit. So I think that is more uh, dangerous. Has anything happened to Donna Brazil? Not that I'm aware of. Nothing. Like how, that's the one I can't let go. People can't, they're like, oh, boycott, uh, you know, Kellogg's. I can't let that go. Boycott Pepsi. I can't let that go. I can't let the Donna Brazil thing go. Like you're not allowed to do that lady. Well, she is no longer uh, on on the CNN staff from what I understand. And well, that's, she that's will a not, start. Well, she will not be the chair of the DNC once the election. Because um, that's bad optics. Well, no. I mean, she was interim chair when Debbie Wasserman had to step down. Um, I don't think she ever intended to do it long term, but um, they're in an active search for the next, you know, DNC chair. I think Keith Ellison would be the biggest mistake they ever made. But hey, shouldn't for it. Shouldn't she have to, like, resign from politics? How do you resign from politics? Yeah, I mean, if if, if that's the criteria, (laughs) then. I, I don't know how that would work. I mean, if you're in politics and people are voting for you, then you're you're allowed to be in politics. I mean, the people are ultimately the ones who should be deciding who is and is not in politics. Well, I mean, she's a DNC I, staffer and stuff like that. I, I, I don't. Again, I mean, she's not going to be a commentator on CNN. I think her profile is going to decrease significantly because of what happened once she leaves the DNC. I mean, where is she going to go? Where where is Donna Brazil from? Is she like an active politician? Does she have is she a congresswoman or a senator? What is, what is that chick? I'm being ignorant here. I think she's always worked her way way up through the DNC structure. I don't know that she ever personally held office. Oh, I thought she held a I thought she was like an Illinois person. Where she got her start was actually she ran Al Gore's campaign back in 2000. So we all see how well that went. So, I mean, she she's always been someone who works behind the scenes and then gained some prominence once she started making her way onto television, which is what happens a lot. So she's never she's never held public office. No, she's always been a strategist. So she's just like an ultimate skank. <laughs> She's like she's like the ultimate part of the democratic machine for sure. Ugh. Ugh. Yeah. But you shouldn't you should stop seeing her on your TV mostly when she's no longer working with the DNC because who's going to have her on? Well, I uh, I can't stand her. They got to let her go. She should not she should not cash another paycheck from the Democratic Party. Distance. Well, they got to elect somebody first. Well, I, I guarantee she's still on the payroll. I guarantee uh, Debbie Wasserman Schultz still gets checks. That's just like when someone's guilty of that kind of just unsavoriness, they got to go away. You got to clean Wasserman the house. Debbie Wasserman is still in the House of Representatives yeah, from she, Florida. She got reelected. She got reelected. <laughs> yeah, it's that's <laughs> that's the unbelievable part. OK, so let's go on to more fun things, shall we? Yeah, so we started talking last week about the Dakota Access Pipeline. We touched on oh, it briefly yeah. in Michael Topia. 
So there are still protesters there who are fighting off these private companies who are trying to build the pipeline through their land. And the National Guard was actually sent in to remove these protesters. So what happened? A group of veterans came in and created a wall around the protesters so that the National Guard couldn't move them from their protest spot. I have a big apology to make. There's a dude who listens to the podcast and said, hey, there was a bunch of bad information that you guys were given out. This dude was like saying that we're making a mountain out of a molehill here. Well, I I don't think we are personally. I mean, this is a scenario where there is going to be an oil pipeline that is going to be cutting through these people's land. And there are real environmental concerns that it's going to destroy the water for the entire region because oil is going to leak into it the way it did over in the Gulf Coast if anything bad happens to this pipeline. And the reason that they're rightfully complaining is because originally it was going to be going through a different neighborhood and they were concerned that it was going to be going through a veteran cemetery. It was going to go underneath it. And everyone got up in arms about that because not only was it going to go through a veteran cemetery, but it was going to be close to uh, the water source there. Someone's angry about it. I know that. And it's not getting a ton of press. And I don't know why that is. I will say Kim Dixon, who writes for theloftestparty.com, shameless plug, um, is actually looking into this and has um, personal acquaintances that are actually involved in the situation, the building and the construction and and all of that. So she is going to be putting something out for us. But the one thing um, that has come through as far as what I've been reading, it is not actually on the lands of the reservation. It is by their water supply, but it's not actually lands that are included in the tribal lands in that area. Aha, uh-huh. but it, it would affect the water that goes onto the reservation. Is that what we're saying? Correct. That's my understanding right now. But we will have more information shortly. Okay. Um, we're going to keep our eye on this story. We're going to keep our eye on it. But it is getting a very. It, it's uh, not a lot of people are upset about it. However, the people who are there are very upset. And I know there's been hoses turned on people and freezing cold temperatures. And there's a lot of like I saw somebody on Twitter posted a picture, uh, and he was a vet. Uh, like you were saying, Andrew, this guy's like, you know, he did a bunch of tours in the Middle East and now he's heading down there to to help the protesters. So something's going on. Let's go on to this exciting, exciting news. We got uh, the new Rolling Stones album. Yeah. And the new the, the, the first song and the first video with that Kristen Stewart girl from those vampire movies. Holy cow. Holy cow. Like, I was never a fan of Kristen Stewart. I, I Like, she always looks, like, bored by the whole thing. Like, in, in the vampire movies, she just looked bored and, like, uh, I questioned her acting abilities and all this stuff. However, whoever directed her in this Rolling Stones video, they did a good job because it is sexy as hell. And I'm now a huge Kristen Stewart fan, like just from that one video. That's like how that's how music videos are supposed to work. You're supposed to go, dang, she's driving around in this old Mustang. It's like this post-apocalyptic. She's the only person on the planet. And she's, uh, you know, like the Rolling Stones for this album. Everything is done in blue, right? Because they're, they're singing the blues again. So the, the mouth and the lips are blue and the tongue is blue. She's got this blue lollipop she's working and she's rubbing it on her tongue and her tongue is blue. And you're like, yes, please. Yes, please. She's like she's got a gas station practically like dancing, like stripper dancing. Yes, please. (laughs) Just driving around in this muscle car. Yes, please. And then 
super sexy at the very end. She just flips the bird to the camera. Yes, please. Like, who is that girl? That girl should be in movies. (laughs) Oh, wait. (laughs) Right? She was. And you're like, oh, yeah, she was in movies, and I didn't like her. (laughs) But, man, good for the Rolling Stones. Those guys are, like, 92 years old and still bringing it. Still bringing it. Keep having babies. Yeah, go. They need to reproduce. They need to reproduce. Mick yeah. should have seven. Yeah, Mick should have seven more. Ronnie Wood should have 20 more. Uh, Keith should have 15 more. Those guys need to reproduce. Paul McCartney uh, from the Beatles, he needs to have about 30 more kids. We need to we need to increase our chance uh, for musical geniuses. So Great. if you are. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. No, at, at this point, Paul McCartney has already or not. Sorry, not Paul McCartney. Mick Jagger's already cloned himself. I mean, James Jagger looks eerily similar to his father. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. See, that is the first time I've ever even heard of James Jagger. James Jagger was on the TV show Vinyl that only lasted for one season on HBO. And it was scary because he was basically playing a version of his father in a fictional character. and, And the likeness was uncanny. That's crazy. I, I guess it's hard I, I, for a kid, though. Yeah, it, it is weird. Like you know, who's like genetically gifted? Clint Eastwood's kid. Holy smoke! That kid. He's a. He's in movies now. He's having a little bit of success. But talking about a good-looking young man. Holy crap! And then here's another funny one. Uh, Kurt Russell's kid. They wanted. Remember when Kurt Rus- Russell did the the movie about the Miracle on Ice, the 1980 whatever Olympic ice hockey story? Miracle. They wanted. Yeah, they wanted Kurt Russell's kid to play a younger version of him because the kid can skate and do all this stuff. And the, the Kurt Russell's kid was like, I don't want to do that. Hollywood's jacked up. What, do you want me to end up half crazy? And Kurt Russell's like, good call, Junior. <laughs> <laughs> so they had, to, they had to hire a real actor to play the young Kurt Russell. Let's just hope, let's keep our fingers crossed that Kurt Russell can maintain his relationship with Goldie Hawn. The, okay. One of the top five most awesome women on the planet. Uh, Dolly Parton being another awesome woman on the planet who's doing wonderful things. What is she given? Like, if, if you lost everything in the fire, you get like a thousand dollars a month from her yep, for yep. nine if months you, or something. If you lost your home, if yes, if you were impacted by the fire, she has pledged a thousand dollars a month. And she has also started the My People campaign. So she is doing what I understand a huge benefit in Nashville here shortly that, to help recover. And a hundred percent goes to the recovery. That is how America is supposed to work. Mm-hmm. People in the community helping out the people in the community. Now, yep. you don't have to do it. No one should hold a gun to your head and say, you have to do this. But it's nice to celebrate the wonderfulness that is Dolly Parton going, you know what? Uh, I have a voice. I'm a public figure. I'm a celebrity. I can do this. It's relatively easy for me to do this. It's a wonderful, it just renews my faith in humanity. Well, and she's done so much for that region, just coming back, doing the theme park, you know, investing in Gatlinburg, Pigeon Forge, et cetera. She did lose her childhood home because that was kind of a shrine there, if you will, or yeah. a tourist attraction anyway. Um, and she lost a cut. There was some damage to the park itself, some cabins, et cetera. But I mean, if you go up there, it's a very nice place to visit. Great little downtowns. And, and a lot of it has to do with what she'd already done for that community. And now standing up, I have a ton of respect. Well, this is how you change as a person. Because I remember being a younger man when she decided to make Dollywood, right? And I'm like, 
that is sad. It's pathetic. It's a joke. It's this, it's that. And now I got a little bit more experience and a little bit more knowledge. And I'm like, God bless her. That's yeah. like the best thing. Yeah. And I hope she is making some money off of Dollywood and, and, and she's making jobs and she's helping people out. It's wonderful. That is how capitalism is supposed to work. Okay, I want to talk about this. Amy Schumer. Everybody's freaking out that Amy Schumer's going to be Barbie. Barbie and what? On on Twitter, it has evolved from they're talking about a live action movie about Barbie. And there are several actresses whose names are on the list. And it's like beautiful girl, beautiful girl, beautiful girl. And also being considered is Amy Schumer. That was a couple days ago. Then, of course, because it's such an easy joke, it's such an easy joke and such a lowest common denominator thing. Everybody's like, Amy Schumer is Barbie. So they start coming up with Amy Schumer Barbie names. And that's when Twitter is at its ugliest. And that is when the Internet is just the worst. And so many people have just done these super cheap jokes that, you know what? Now I kind of want Amy Schumer to play Barbie. I'm sure I'm sure what happened is this, like some corporate executive, they're sitting around in some, you know, think tank in Hollywood somewhere going, well, you know, Mattel wants to do a live action version of Barbie. And so they start talking about actresses, but it's all very predictable. And then some young executive who wants to make a name for themselves, like, I want to think outside the box. Whoever plays Barbie should be kind of like uh, a very funny person. They should be a funny girl, like, like an Amy Schumer type comedian. And then somebody went, Amy Schumer. Schumer is Barbie. And then somebody went, why not? And then now it's one of these things that's got a life of its own. And and if you if you look at Twitter, you think, oh, my gosh, Amy Schumer has already not only been cast as Barbie, but principal photography has started in Milan. So, like, does the world stop if if Amy Schumer is Barbie? I, I, th- I don't think Mattel's ultimately going to want that, you know, <laughs> but like, go for it. Oh, my goodness. I saw the trailer for Ghostbusters with the girls, right? Yes. That thing looked horrible. It it was. I I watched the first 30 minutes of it, and then I turned it off. Do you want to know something, though? What's that? It made money. Yeah, but not enough to warrant a sequel. That's because every dyed-in-the-wool feminist made themselves go see it. It it became about your gender and misogyny, so if you were a girl, you had to go. Well, yeah, that's part of it, but I tell you what, you look at that cast— you look at that cast and you're like, that movie should be hysterical. Well, like each yeah. one, each one of those girls, crazy funny, crazy funny. And I don't know what happened. Did Ivan Reitman direct that one too? Or no, was it a different director? No, it, it was Paul Feig who did Bridesmaids. I mean, we're getting into Valenti rural territory, which is all you have to do is make a good movie and then nothing else is going to hurt you. And at the end of the day, with all the hype around it, they just didn't make a good movie. Yeah. Here's a funny little story about Bridesmaids. I love I, that movie. You know the scene where they're all walking around shitting themselves? Mm-hmm. They did not want to do that. They did not want to do it. And the guys who wrote the script, they came up with this bit. They came up with it, and they had to just cajole and beg and beg. Like, trust me, it'll be hysterical. Trust me, it'll be funny. And so reluctantly, they agreed to do that. That's who... Uh, They should have had those writers for the Ghostbusters. Okay, last movie news. Last night, I saw the Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Another trailer came out. Mm -hmm. Holy smoke. Holy smoke. I'm laughing out loud at the trailer. I'm laughing out loud at the trailer. We got to get it up on the Loftus party. You got to see it. 
Yes. Okay, we will do that. So this is where we get into the Mel Brooks Spaceballs territory, where not only did they make a good trailer, but they also got in the merchandising. Because we heard Baby Groot speak for the first time, and oh my God, I want a Baby Groot. I want it. I tell you what I did, dude. When they had, remember those flowers they used to sell? They were like robot flowers, but when you turned on a stereo, the flower would kind of move around like it was dancing. Yep. They made a baby Groot like that uh, at for as merchandise from the last Guardians of the Galaxy. I had one of those. And now when baby Groot in the trailer is going to press the button that kills them all, that's hilarious. It's hilarious. I am Groot. It's hilarious. I, I, it really looks like they've done it. Oh, my gosh. And Rogue One. I can't wait for that. It is. I am, we are entering into uh, just a magical, magical time in cinema for me. I am yeah, ready to new, go. There was a new um, trailer for Rogue One, too. I think that one went up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That is good stuff. That is good stuff. You got you got Darth Vader in there, but he's like a younger Darth Vader, but he's still wearing the helmet. Oh, I cannot wait. I cannot wait. Okay, this is uh, the part of the show where uh, we talk about Michael Topias. And in Michael Topia, here's how the world works. The world has a crazy set of rules, you guys, and crazy laws that don't make sense. But in Michael Topia, we have a different set of rules, and they all make sense, and we discuss them at the end of every podcast. So let's jump into some Michael Topias. Who's got one? Stacy, Andrew? I've got one. All right, hit me. And. In Michaeltopia, you do not win the UNICEF Humanitarian Award if all you did was campaign for Hillary Clinton. Who? What? Katy Perry wins an International Humanitarian Award that is given to her by Hillary Clinton, goes through the whole article, never mentions any humanitarian things she has ever done other than campaigning for Hillary Clinton and doing some very unique things on social media and having the most Twitter followers of ever, anyone. Apparently now that wins you a wart. Wow. I, blam, blam, like, blam. I mean, if it was Angelina Jolie, I get it. She yeah. does great stuff. Madonna. For all the fun I made of Madonna during the campaign, she has done some wonderful things overseas in countries in Africa. What has Katy yeah. Perry done? I don't know. Maybe she's done something. Maybe she shared a sandwich with a kid from Haiti. I don't know. I don't know. But only thing it mentioned was campaigning for Hillary Clinton. All righty. All righty. Andrew, what do you got? All right. In Michaeltopia, Donald Trump needs to stop blocking people on Twitter. If he's going to be the president, he needs to be everybody's president. And that means he needs to understand that he is also the president of the trolls. Uh, who did he block? He's just been blocking regular everyday Americans, just people who have been making jokes at his expense. And uh, he didn't like them. Well, I think he's allowed to block people on Twitter. Well, uh, well, let's talk about how he uses Twitter. I mean, he is using Twitter yeah. to bypass the media and get access right? to the American people. That's right. But apparently he doesn't want some of the American people to hear his message. What I think is he should learn the beauty of the mute button. Thank you. Ah, but it probably feels better to block him. All right. In Michaeltopia, if you have a new show on Fox, you don't rip off Michaeltopia. 
I'm talking to you, Tucker Carlson. Listen, guy, I like you, and you're always invited to the Loftus Party Barbecue, but you got a brand new show on Fox, and you got a brand new segment called King for a Day, where you talk about how, if you were king for a day, what you would do in your kingdom. Listen, I guess you didn't want to call it Tuckertopia, but Michaeltopia is taken. Find your own segment, dude. (laughs) Did not see that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Michael, does he still have the bow tie? I believe occasionally he does. I like me to Tucker Carlson. Find your own segment. it's It's a good show. Like, he does a good job with his guests and stuff. Yeah, uh, he's got to make some changes. It's brand new. I'm not going to, I'm reserving judgment. Uh, there's been a couple segments I was like, eh, been there, done that, seen it. I don't like the anger. I don't like, like, uh, he had on a, a lady the other day, and she started spewing off some facts about crime, and he goes, that's not true. And I'm like, ooh, that's wild. And she goes, yes, it is. Uh, he goes, no, I, I just... I just wrote a book about crime statistics. I, I literally have all these at, on the, at the the tip of my fingers. That's not true because the FBI said this and this and that and this. And that was wonderful television. Mm-hmm. However, he also had on some Black Lives Matter dude who was just, you know, spewing nonsense. And then Tucker tried to take him to task for that. And then the guy, it just got, it just was just bad. It was just not a good segment. He'll figure it out. I have faith in you, Tucker Carlson. I got faith in you. Okay. Well, we didn't get to the sex dolls. We didn't get to the artificial intelligent uh, Scarlett Johansson sex doll or the Game of Thrones Khaleesi sex dolls that are supposed to be hitting the stores pretty soon. That's some dangerous, dangerous territory. So go ahead, America. I'm going to leave you on that gentle word of warning. Beware the Scarlett Johansson and Khaleesi sex doll, because much like Daryl Hannah in Blade Runner, it will decide it wants to live and it'll snap your neck like a toy maker in the future of Los Angeles. If you're a Blade Runner fan, you're laughing hysterically. If you're not, you're like Loftus lost his mind. Well, put that in your pipe and smoke it. Maybe I have lost my mind. It's the Loftus Party. Go to theloftusparty.com. Be our friend on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter, Flipside Loftus. Andrew, what do you got going on this week? Uh, more of the same from last week. We got uh, more of the Flipside TV show that uh, I got to uh, handle. Oh, my gosh. New episodes. The season three starts. This, this Season three will have started when you listen to this. Yep. We're a little bit ahead, ahead of the game. I'm a little sleepy today. Uh, because we're, we're recording a little bit earlier and I was up late last night because uh, I was reading Lonesome Dove, which if you listen to this podcast and you've not read Lonesome Dove, you owe it to yourself. It's one of the great pieces of American literature. It is fantastic. And last night, all hell broke loose with uh, my friends from Lonesome Dove and I could not put it down. I was up till three o'clock in the morning. I love these characters. I love the way it's written. Holy smoke. Stacy, what do you got going on this week? Loftus party stuff? More Loftus party stuff. Just trying to keep the content out and make sure everybody knows about it. We got a new blogger there. Yes, we do. We and and you know what? I liked his I liked his first piece. He did a little review of the Exorcist television show. Yeah, which I no, thought was I... uh, was what was well written. He's got a nice mm-hmm. point of view on the thing. Uh, good job. Way to come out of way way to come out swinging there, Cranky Gordon. <laughs> Cranky <laughs> Gordon was like one of your first followers on Twitter. Uh, Cranky Gordon's all right in my book. Yep. I'm a fan of the Cranky. I'm a fan of everybody on the loftusparty.com. It's a great experiment. You know, from an oak tree has to come from a little acorn. And right now, 
we planted a little acorn a few months ago, and that was the Loftus party, the initial thing. And then we changed it up 1.0. And now we're at like 2.0. And our little acorn has a root now. So now we're an oh, am I excited. These are exciting, exciting times. I love the Flipside television show. I love theloftestparty.com. I love this show, being able to talk about this stuff week after week. I love you guys, Stacy and Andrew, and I love you all for listening to this show. I love you, and I'll see you next week. <laughs>